All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Can you see it? Did you The puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. Adam's leading. To the line, Hughes scores! First career NHL goal, Quinn Hughes makes it 1-0. You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in at Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What a don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go.
Hello Canucks fans, welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code HockeySeason, capital H, capital S, all one word, HockeySeason. That will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com. That is Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic. Check them out on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, whatever it is. They've got you covered for all of your trading card needs, so be sure to go check them out. They also have a retail location in Surrey, but if you choose to shop online, be sure to use our promo code and you will also get free shipping on any order Canada-wide that is over $50. So be sure to go check out Zephyr Epic. My name is Dave Quadrelli. I'm joined as always by the man who built the place, Chris Faber, on a beautiful, beautiful Tuesday afternoon. Our technical producer is Alex Lard. Uh, our clipper, intern Emil, is behind the scenes as well. Uh, favorite you are opening a pack of hockey cards right now you got the upper deck series 2 which is available now at zephyr epic and you're wearing a nice very nice collared shirt and a burgundy tie yep you know what i haven't worn in a long time is my traffic cone outfit i was thinking about that the other day you used to always say that i looked like a traffic cone uh but i did pull a canuck how long is he going to be a canuck time will tell connor garland in that pack so that's good Okay, you got something off the top here. Uh, you're talking about uh, you're drinking things off of TikTok here. Let's talk about this before we get mm-hmm. into any hockey things, because you said this is a wild, uh, wild thing, a beverage of yours that you've been consuming. So I had this for the first time today. My girlfriend saw it on Instagram last night, and she said, "Hey, I'm gonna try this tomorrow." So what it is, you can. I think the the video was ordering at Starbucks, she, but she just made it at home because we have an espresso machine. But anyway, two espresso shots. And a protein shake with lots of ice. You put that all in a cup, you shake it together, and it's delicious. And I, I had it today for the first time, put it in the Yeti. Delicious. Delicious. So good. High protein. Like, you know, we, we buy the protein shakes from Costco, right? Uh, 30 grams of protein in those, right? Little 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 shake thing. Get those. Amazing. Amazing. Put it with the coffee. It, it's perfect. It's It's amazing. I love it. Okay, so what's walk me through the ingredients here from top to bottom. What what all it is is ice and protein. What did I miss? And two espresso shots. Two espresso shots. Uh, okay. What flavor protein? Gets. Uh, we have vanilla. It's like a. It's vanilla, but it tastes like vanilla ice cream. Is the best way to put it. Okay. Yeah, that's good. I get my protein stuff in the states now. You go down there, and they got. Uh, mm. I got birthday cake protein because I'm going to get back in the gym here soon. I got a little bit more time. I got I got no excuses. I literally am a, in an elevator ride away from going to the gym. So I got to get back in there. I'm not going to do what I did in November. That was the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. But uh, And I gained weight that month. I don't understand what happened there with this whole thing. Uh, but, <laughs> Muscle. Uh, I don't know about that. But, uh, yeah. Okay, I can get down with That's an interesting drink. So it's like an iced coffee protein drinkish sort of thing that's what i'm getting yeah exactly that's a good way of thinking about it like i'm gonna i have it sitting in the fridge i didn't drink all of it i had like a tiny tiny sip Mm. um i'm gonna drink the rest of it after my workout which is coming up in the afternoon so it's gonna be a good time i'm pumped man i'm pumped i'm excited that you have two shots of espresso in you because i talked to you at uh, 7 30 this morning and you were not uh, you were barely awake at that point so i was glad i was glad that you had some espresso i hope it hasn't worn off by yet because we need some energy for today's show you're only doing two shows a week Soon we'll be doing one show a week. I don't know what's going on with all that. Yeah, that's what you looked like this morning, a snoozing dog. Uh, but uh, we got hockey talk to get to. Where do you want to get started here? I think we should I think we should begin with, uh, well, hey, it's going to be another year. 
It'll be 30 years now, right? 30 years without a uh, Stanley Cup for the Vancouver Canucks. I, the last time they won was a couple months after, or a couple weeks after I was born. So For Canada, for a Canadian franchise, you just said the Canucks. They have never won a cup. Don't worry about that. Uh, yeah, the, the uh, Canadian team winning the Stanley Cup. They uh, It's been 30 years. What do you think? What do I think? I think that there's not much to be said. Like... I don't know. Like, like, what do you say, Chris? I who's the next one? It's not Toronto. I, I, I got a lot to say about Toronto, and I'm saving that for a, for a second here. Uh, Edmonton is it going to be Edmonton? Probably not going to be the Canucks. Might it be the Canucks? We're seeing. Hey, retooling works. Look at the Dallas Stars. Look at the Dallas Stars. They're retooled. Uh, it works. Retooling works, folks. So, uh, who's the next Cup winner? Who who is Canada's next Cup winner? Because I know there was people saying after the 2020 playoffs when the Canucks were, um, you know, very close to making the Eastern Con- or excuse me, the Western Conference Final in the bubble. There, you know, people said, "Oh, it's the Canucks. The Canucks are going to be the best, the bet- next team to win the Cup for Canada." Not going to be them. It's not going to be them, probably. But who who's it going to be, Chris? Like, well, yeah. who is it going to be? I wouldn't bet against uh, Connor McDavid winning a Stanley Cup, right? I think he's that good. Um, I think he's also at probably you know in the next few years here are going to be the best times of his career, probably when give him a chance to do that. So I'd, I'd probably go with the Oilers. I think having the best player in the world and having the best complimentary player in the world and Leon Dreisaitl, who you know at times can make an argument that he's the best player in the world, but. When you have those two players, I really think that's probably the the team I would be going with. But there's not really another Canadian team that gets me that excited. Toronto's going to look... I don't know. I, I wonder if Toronto's going to look very different. I know you want to dive into them, so I'll let you do, handle the Toronto talk. But with the Oilers, I, I think that's my team. I think they're missing a couple of critical pieces to, to really getting over the hump of being able to be a team that represents the Western Conference. I don't think they're at that level. I think at times they are. Like We talked about it earlier in the playoffs. How good is, Tor- is Edmonton? when they're on their game, like they, there's nobody that can compete with them. You watch them score three goals in, in a minute and a half. And you're just like, okay, like, you know, not a lot of other teams would be able to do that. Not a lot of other teams have as high of a potential as the Edmonton Oilers do. They just seem to struggle to get their, you know, to reach their potential. It's just such a difficult thing to do. And it seems like it's a different, different scenario in the playoffs as well, where you can reach your potential in the regular season. When you're over 82 games and it's, you know, some games don't mean as much as the others, uh, you can get by with a team that's that talented like the Oilers. It just feels like they're missing something that is going to help them in the playoffs. Like, I, I know Connor McDavid's going to help you in the playoffs. I know Leon is going to help you in the playoffs. But when those guys don't show up and put up three-point games, I don't think they have enough to get them over the hump. And I think that's the big difference is when you look at something like, like, listen, the Kraken, I know they just got eliminated, but lo- the way that they play... It doesn't rely on two players. It doesn't rely on five players. It relies on the whole team. And I don't think you can fully invest in that and say, hey, like, you know, if we have the best third and fourth line in the NHL, we're going to win the Stanley Cup. Like, it's not that far bent that way, but it's more about the team structure of it, of just how you are going to be able to compete in seven-game series. It's such a different look than how you are in an 82-game year. That's why I don't think the standings mean a ton. It really is just about getting there to the playoffs for a lot of these teams, and I think... Florida is a good example of that. Vegas is, is another good example of that. And then it's all about hot goaltending at the time. And I think Edmonton's just missing too many of the pieces where I'm not confident that they're going to get hot goaltending at the right time. I'm not confident that their bottom six is going to be able to carry them for a game when they really need it and the big guys are getting shut down. I'm not even confident that, 
their top end guys are going to be able to overcome a true shutdown line. And I think that was a huge example of what just happened to the Oilers in this most recent playoff series. Like you could shut down the McDavid line and it's over. There is nothing that they're going to follow up with that after. And you know, the fact that they got McDavid shut down, they got dry cell shut down. It was, uh, it was a very tough uphill battle for the Oilers. And I think that's because they didn't have enough horsepower to kind of push them over the top from the bottom end of their lineup. Ultimately, though, who cares? Like, yeah. that's what I keep coming back to is I see this discourse of, oh, it's been this many years since the Canadian team's won. This is horrible. It's like, really? Why? Like, do you feel some sense of pride being Canadian if a Canadian team wins it? Like, that, that's not happening in the States. I'll tell you that right now. And uh, Karan in the chat, the YouTube live chat said, does anyone actually care about Canada winning yeah. the cup? I only care point. about the Canucks. Like, Think about what we're talking about. We're like, oh, could the Leafs do it? Could the Oilers do it? Who cares? I don't care. Who cares? No. There are other teams. Like, yeah, like, I don't understand this. And I understand if you're a sports net or you're, you know, in the national media, I get it. You want you want that Canadian team to win. I get it. But for us, who cares? Like, and, and the casual sports fan, who cares? And I, I see this all the time. And it's been, a, it's been a talking point, obviously, since we were kids, right, and started watching hockey was – Oh, a Canadian team hasn't won it. A Canadian team hasn't won it. When's a Canadian team going to win it? Who cares? Like, who cares? I'll, you want your team to win it. That's how That's how sports works. Like, I don't care. You know, Sam, a Mariners fan. I don't care if another AL West team doesn't win the World Series. Like, I don't care. I want the Mariners to win it. You know what I mean? Like, that's how sports works. This idea that people should care that, you know, it's won by a Canadian team. It's ridiculous. I don't even know why we're talking about it. This well, is because I don't look at outlines and help plan shows. But uh, true sight with a good point, and this is always the other point that always gets brought up, is aren't most cup winners on U.S. teams made up predominantly by Canadian players? The answer is yeah. Sure. Yeah, it turns out the best talent. I understand it. If it's the Olympics or whatever, the international stage, and you're rooting for Canada, for sure. That's totally different. But to say like, oh, I really hope the Maple Leafs or the Oilers end Canada's drought. Why? Who cares? That's also ending the Oilers and the Leafs drought, which is way funnier than the fact that a Canadian team hasn't won the Cup in that many years. Yeah, I just look at it as similar to... I don't think Canada's binding together to say, one of us needs to win it. But I think it, it's interesting because I almost look at it like the Canadian teams, like let's let's use Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, and, and Winnipeg as examples just to start. They are the Dallas Cowboy version of the of the provinces in Canada, right? Like the Dallas Cowboys, everybody in Texas wants them to win. Does anybody else in the United States want the Dallas Cowboys to win? I guess if you're like a transplant Cowboys fan, but you're going to bet that a lot of people in Washington State don't give a damn if the Cowboys win or lose. It, it's more about just like when when you only really have this, and I think it makes it interesting with the Canada versus USA debate because in my eyes it's like, Look at the other sports too. Like baseball, you have what one? You have one Canadian team. Basketball, you have one Canadian team. Then you can cheer for Canada because it, it is Canada's team. But it's almost like you're making the argument for for getting a Canada's team, like a lot of Americans are when they call the Cowboys America's team. The Dallas Cowboys aren't America's team. The Dallas Cowboys are Texas's team. You know, and even you could say that the people in Houston don't even like them. So it's like a my argument's a little bit flawed as well. Uh, as Lisa comes in here and says, "No, Cowboys suck." Yeah, they they have sucked for a long time. But it's just to me, it's like you, no team is ever going to be Canada's team when they're in the Stanley Cup Finals. They're going to be a team from Canada if they get to the Stanley Cup Finals. But I don't think you're getting all of Canada rooting for them to break the streak because I agree with you. I think everybody wants to see their team do it. Everybody in Winnipeg wants Winnipeg to be the team that ends up breaking the streak. Everyone in Montreal wants to be like, hey, we did. We were the last team to do it. We're going to go do it again. Like, 
I, I, yeah, I just, I don't think Canada's fully getting on board with anything until like, like, and it's not like there's an American team that's like an anti-Canadian team either. So it's like, it's not like there's an American team you'd really want to root against. It's, it would be different throughout the, the, the country of Canada. Like, listen, do you think the Toronto Maple Leafs fans care if Seattle were to win the cup? They don't care. Like, it, it's very different for Vancouver because it's like, hey, that's the expansion team that's just down the highway. I, I just don't think there's anything really about, like, Canada rooting for the one Canadian team. It's just, to me, it's more about the sport as a whole looking at it that, yeah, Canada's sport is uh, is hockey. Like, we're very well known for that. Around the world, you see it. There's a lot of great Canadian teams, like everybody's kind of mentioning uh, in the chat right here. There's a lot of great Canadian players on American teams. I just don't think you're ever going to see Canada fully come together on something like there's always going to be a little jealousy that your city wasn't the the city to be able to do it. But it is unfortunate that the Canadian teams and how they get their representation with fan bases being so huge in it. And I'll make the comparison again to the Cowboys, just like football is in America, like just like football is in Texas. That's what hockey is to these teams here. I think that's why it means so much because does, does a fan base in Vancouver deserve to be in the Stanley cup less than a fan base in Florida? Like, think about it. Is Florida like what is where is the Florida Panthers on the the sports rankings in that state? Like eighth, ninth, right? Like we're talking NBA teams, we're talking MLB teams, we're talking college teams, we're talking high school football is massive in Florida. Do I think there's more people paying attention to high school football in Florida than there is the Florida Panthers? Potentially, could you make any of those arguments about Vancouver? Hell no. Like, I, listen, I played high school football here in BC. Do you think anybody cared about it compared to what they do to the Canucks? It's not even close to think that that's going on in the same league and that team gets to be in the Final Four and the Canucks don't. It sucks. It does suck. So I don't think anybody's really caring uh, which Canadian team ends up breaking it. It's just the the situation is strange. It's a strange uh, thing that, the, that no Canadian team has won in 30 years. It is a little bit you – know, I mean, the odds are just against that happening. So we'll see how long it goes. Maybe it'll be 40 years. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see how long it goes. But Double uh, HF World Championships happening right now in Riga, Finland, and Tampere, Finland. Now, uh, Archer Silovs, you know I wanted to talk about him. Archer Silovs' first game of this tournament was not the starter for Latvia against Canada. Uh, the starter, name slipping my mind right now, lets in two goals within the first five minutes. Silovs goes in and cleanup duty, gets them out of the first period despite facing some power plays in that first period from the Canadian side, turns them all aside, shows really well in that game, starts the next game, which is a back-to-back, and then yesterday, Latvia picking up their first win against Czechia uh, at the IHF World Championship. First win in the tournament for them, uh, and first win against Czechia uh, in the history of Latvian men's hockey. So um, that was really cool to see, and we, we have the clip here. Archisilovs with a huge save. This forced overtime. Um, this was going to be the goal that put Czechia in front and basically broke Latvia's back because Latvia was bending but not breaking. Uh, thanks largely in part, I would say, oh. to the play of Archisilovs. This kid's impressive, Chris. This Jeez. kid's impressive. I, I've been talking about him since he was 13, it seems. And I just, you know what? Like, it, it, to, to an extent, it's a bit, sure. People get it. People like when I joke around about it. But in all seriousness, like this kid could start NHL games next year. And I, I've said it before. Fire up the Arty Party music, by the way. Uh, I've said it before. With Archer Silovs, I've said it. 
this guy's gonna play NHL games, and if there's an injury to Demko next year, he's gonna play with Spencer Martin. That's what we're gonna see next year. Yeah, I think that's the interesting thing. I like that. He likes the sound of that. Um, but Archer Seelovs to. We could talk about the goalie situation. Like I said, I didn't really prepare for today's show that much, so I, I think we should talk about this. Well, I, I this is this, I got something. This is old school. No, you. with okay. Well, I want to talk about the goaltending situation. Do you want to get to something first there with the back? Because I, I wouldn't mind spending some time on the backup situation. That, that's exactly what I'm going to talk okay, about. Is I wrote about it today over at Canucks Army. We're going to talk goaltending, te- goal and you were the one, just for the record, that wanted to talk about this. No, so, no, no, no. Uh, this is an old school Canucks convo is what you were about to say, because neither of us did any prep today, and this is how we used to do the show, is just, just sit in a room and talk. So, hold on. No, hold talk. on. Let's None of us did any prep. Who do you think situation? put that video in there of Archer Seelovs? Come on. I'm still doing prep. I got graphics. Well, Alex knows. All right, all right. This don't don't lump me in that done. sinking ship that show. you're sitting on. I'm not going on that thing. <laughs> Hell no. Okay, let me talk here. I wrote a 1,500-word article for Canucks Army today. It's up now. Looking at all of the UFAs and the RFAs that the Canucks have coming up, and it's an interesting list because the RFAs... Look, you, you and I talked about this before the show began. It seems like Travis Dermott and Carson Foe are going to be the only ones that are gone from the RFA group. Canucks have seven RFAs. We expect them to extend a qualifying offer to Vitaly Kratsov, Ethan Bear, Akito Hirose, Niels Hoglander, and Jet Wu. As the offseason goes on, we'll talk about these guys more. But the one guy I want to talk about is Colin Delia, who is an unrestricted free agent, along with Kyle Burrows and Michael Furland. I expect the Canucks to walk away from all three of these. And we'll talk about Kyle Burrows another time, I'm sure. But Colin Delia, let's hone in on him because a lot of people have thrown out the idea of, well, he finished the season so strong, so maybe he can come back and be the third goaltender. I think one thing that's gone very heavily under the radar, Chris, is the Canucks signing of European free agent Nikita Tolopilo from the Alsvenskan League. This guy took such a massive step in the Alsvenskan this season, putting up a 924 save percentage compared to an 898 the season prior playing for the same team. Phenomenal goaltender. The steps he took this year, I know for a fact the Canucks are extremely high on him, if only for the fact that what he did this year is such a massive step. And there's reason to believe that not only can he play AHL games, but that he might be able to take that extra step next year and see what they can do with his game. And, you know, if the Canucks are targeting a goaltender, Ian Clark thinks he can do something with him, right? So I I think a lot of people are kind of letting it go under the radar a little bit too much because they're looking at, okay, what's the goaltending situation going to look like? To me, the answer is pretty simple. Like, I think Abbotsford is going to be a developmental hotbed for goaltenders next year. I think we're going to see the 23-year-old Nikita Tolopilo start alongside Archer Silovs. I think these guys are splitting starts next year, Chris. I don't think it's a, a, a bonafide starter and a bonafide backup. I think it's a 1A, 1B situation between these two. Like, Tolopilo has something to prove coming into next year, right? And look, he's going to be someone that we're going to keep an eye on, and I think it's kind of going under the radar a little bit too much. So I wanted to make sure I brought it up. I think that's how you're going to see that shakedown uh, in Abbotsford next year. And with that, Spencer Martin is your NHL backup. Like that, that's all it comes down to is, look, they're paying Spencer Martin a one-way contract, which means he's making the same amount regardless of where he plays. His salary next season is $775,000. Cap it is $750,000. $775,000 is a lot to pay a backup goaltender in Abbotsford. Because, hey, let's face it, Chris, they want Archie Seelofs to start games, right? If you're going to have Tolapilo as well, 
You want him to play games as well. Those are your two goaltenders that you're trying to develop. Spencer Martin has shown that he can be an NHL backup. All of the criticisms of Martin came when Thatcher Demko went down and people really don't understand how different the mindset is for a goaltender when you know there's that you're the guy basically, right? Like that, that, that does weigh heavily on goaltenders. I'm not trying to say Spencer Martin's mentally weak or anything like that. I'm just saying that Spencer Martin showed that he can be an NHL backup. And it's not like he just forgot how to play goal this year, right? You know, although it might've seemed like that in his final 10 games, the NHL or whatever people want to say, he went down to the AHL and he worked hard. Like he worked hard to re- get his game back. And I know a lot of people look at it and say, well, Delia was the guy that finished out the season in Vancouver. So the Canucks probably want to keep him around. No, it was so that Martin could play a lot and get his confidence back. And Hey, I'm fully expecting to see Martin be the backup. I don't think this team that's already strapped for cash, or excuse me, I shouldn't say cash, cap, like salary cap, I don't think we're going to see them sign a goaltender this offseason, Chris. And I definitely don't think we're going to see them re-sign Colin Delia. Yeah, I think there's too many options that could potentially work to go and make a splash on something that you think will hopefully work. Like, that feels a little bass-ackwards to me. They have Spencer Martin, who, listen... (laughs) The way the Canucks are playing, like, think about it. Spencer Martin, I, I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't have a start under, uh, or no, he, he started for um, for Talkit, right? Like, he did get some starts. I can't even remember how many he got, but not a ton. Uh, I have to look this up. But uh, I think Spencer Martin's going to be the backup because think about, yeah, he had a bad year last year. He was also thrust into a starter's position on a team that was horrible defensively. Like, absolutely horrible. The amount of scoring chances he would give up. It's funny to me, like, Watching, because, you know, I went to every game, every home game except for that week when I had COVID. But you can see the plays develop, and you're like, hey, there's a goal coming right here. Like, you can see it a, a couple seconds ahead of it coming in. And it happens so consistently with, you know, Spencer Martin and Ned and the way the Canucks were playing defense early on in the season that I think this guy needs to at least be given an opportunity to be the backup under a new structure, a new standard, a new habits Vancouver Canucks team that's coming in next year because everything's going to change and be better. Um I, I think you have to give Spencer Martin that opportunity first. And if it doesn't go well, you're right. You brought up the two young players, and both of them should be given an option. Hey, think about what a backup goaltender is going to do. He's going to play once every two weeks, right? Once every two weeks, probably. Like with, with Thatcher Demko, the way he's going, maybe 10 days, whatever it is. You have no problem with two guys down in the AHL who are on entry-level contracts, who don't require waivers, you can move these guys around very easily. And Arthur Silovs has already proven at the point where it's like, hey, if you have to play him for nine games next year, you're pretty comfortable with that. This Tolapilo kid, you got to see him for four or five games before you can even make an assessment. Spencer Martin takes up, you know, 10 to 20 games early on in the season. Even if he sucks in those games, you just go to the other option. Like, they're, they're the going out and signing a backup that you really like as the, the guy and you're going to pay him $2.5 million. No, go get a defenseman that makes $2.5 million. Go get a center for your third line that makes that money. The money can be used in a much better position than just spending it on a backup that you're feeling super confident in. And, and even at the same time, it's not like like how much confidence can you really have in a veteran backup, right? It's, it's like it's not like that guy's going to save how bad the Canucks defense has been throughout the past couple of years. So uh, it'll be – I think they have the options in-house. I don't think they need to go out at all. I don't think it's really should be on the radar of management even. Like unless there's a goalie that Ian Clark has handpicked around the league who's a free agent and he's like, I can work this guy really well. And he's coming in at like a league minimum contract pretty much. 
to sit around and maybe be like a, a third goalie. Kind of like it, it is good to have five goalies, right? It's good to have five goalies, but it's not like necessary. Like the way that the Canucks goaltending situation is set up right now, they're fine for next year. I think they're going to be absolutely fine. And if listen, a lot of people brought up, but what happens if there's a uh, an injury to Thatcher Demko? Well, if there's an injury to Thatcher Demko, this Canucks team is once again screwed, okay? We've been saying that for a long time about this team. I hope the defense improves. I don't think it's going to improve to a level where good goaltending isn't needed still to get wins for this team consistently. So uh, at that point, then you can really make an argument. But I also don't think that, hey, you go out and get that $2.5 million guy that Ian Clark likes. He was 33 years old. I'm not trusting that guy to be the starter either. Like I, that you're not getting a goaltender that you should ever trust to be a starter if he's making two million dollars on your team. Like I, I just think they're fine. They don't need to do anything ridiculous here. They don't need to spend any money on this goaltending position right now. They have it in house. They already went out and got that uh, Tolopilo kid. He's got some potential. Archer Silo have a ton of potential. Spencer Martin has potential to be a backup, and that's what I've talked about when he was in the AHL. He was still developing. I know he's older. I know he's coming up on thirty, but. He was still developing. He was developing, developing, developing so that he could be in the role to be a backup next year. And I think that's what we're going to see next year as well. I don't I don't disagree with what you said at all. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I think they're upset. I think they're set. I don't think they need to go out and get another guy, like you said, use that cap space elsewhere. Okay, Jonathan LeCaramacchi. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Uh, moving to Oribro, how do you say it? Goes with Elias Patterson. Oribro, Oribro. It depends Oribro. how you want to say it. The the O with an umlaut on it, I believe is how you say it. It's like a U. That's why everyone everyone's telling me you're saying Huglander wrong. You're saying Huglander wrong. I'm just saying it the way he told me when I first talked to him after he was drafted. So, uh, Oribro, like a U almost sounding, uh, like a U H. Uh, I've been told like U H H is how you pronounce it. So, Oribro. And I'm not doing this whole Donnie and Dolly thing where they're, you know, ripping and playing in the background. I, I know, I hope Alex doesn't have it on a hotkey over there. Um, thank goodness. But, yeah, I, I don't think this could have gone any better in my eyes uh, for where Jonathan LeCaramacchi is going to play next season. Would I like to have seen him in Abbotsford? Yeah, I think so. That would have been cool. 
get them developing here. There's a very good development team here in Abbotsford. Uh, a lot of Vancouver guys are out there as well. We know what the Sedins do. We know what Mackenzie Braid does with the skating. Uh, both the assistant and associate coaches there in Abbotsford do a great job as well. I just didn't think he was going to be coming over here. He's still so young. He's still 18. He's one of the youngest. Was he the youngest player in this draft, in this most recent draft class, I believe? He was the youngest player. Uh, so the Canucks have taken a couple guys that were Swedes that are the youngest player in the draft class. They took Lucas Forsell a couple years before that. Uh, he was the other player. I was like, hey, as long as they can get him playing with another Canucks prospect, that would be ideal for me. So far, just add was a spot I was hoping for to see him play with Lucas Forsell. But now he's going to Urubro with uh, Elias Pettersson, DPD over there. Uh, those two have played together at World Juniors. They've played together at development camp. I was sitting behind them on the plane when they were flying back from Montreal. They've been together for a long time. They've, uh, you know, became buddies, those two. Uh, so I'm excited to watch them two play together. They're going to be 18 years old, playing next year, 19 when the season starts, and they're going to probably be getting a lot of minutes. Arubro's exciting, too, because Leo Carlson's there. He's, he's an exciting young player. I, I would love to see a second line of LeCaire Mackey and Carlson playing together next year. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, and I just think it's it's the best environment for him to develop because Mikhail Samuelson, I can guarantee, is going to spend a ton of time uh, working there in Arbro and, and spending a lot of time with LeCarrie Mackey and Patterson. He spent a lot of time with them last year. He was traveling all over Sweden uh, and uh, in Finland as well to work with some of these prospects. But now you get an opportunity to get these guys in there together with a coaching staff. You can send some other coaches to the like. It, it, to me, it is the perfect spot for him. He's going up a league. He's going back to the SHL where he had a ton of success during his draft season. And after what he did in the playoffs, teams were back to being interested in this guy. And I think that's not just SHL teams. I think that's Canucks fans as well. After LeCarrie Mackey was a point-per-game player in 15 Al-Svenson games, people start to care about him again. Is he the number one prospect? A lot of people are asking. So, like... It's a perfect landing spot. Uh, he'll be here for development camp. He won't be here for training camp. He won't be here for young stars. That's kind of all unfortunate. I guess that's kind of the, the L that you have to take when you are loaning a guy back to the SHL. But it's going to be an interesting year to follow. And to me, it's, it's even better. I don't have to watch uh, Don't have to watch any more games. can watch two prospects at once. I love it. So when they play Fargestad, are you kidding me? Three prospects in one game? That's what I'm talking about. That's the easy work right there. This job's too easy, Quads. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Anything else? Uh, are we? I know we have our draft talk. I got a couple things. Can we? Uh, before that, can we pull up these uh, second round predictions, Alex? Do you mind if we do this now, Chris? Yeah, we can do this. Okay, Alex, let's get them up. Second round predictions. Uh, about a week ago, Oof. we did our second round predictions on this show. Uh, we could not have been more wrong uh faber you correctly picked the vegas golden knights but that was it uh for me i went oh for four not picking any teams correctly alex still has the carolina hurricanes uh so he he was right about that so there you go um that was uh that was that was a tough one for us in the second round and hey we'll be back to give our conference final predictions i'm sure uh very shortly here probably on thursday's show when we come back here but I want to talk about this, and Chris, I want to talk more about the Toronto Maple Leafs. I picked them. You picked them. Alex picked them. Gentlemen, we all picked them because we looked at this team and saw, okay, you know what? We all thought they were getting bounced in the first round, but hey, they defied the odds. They slayed the dragon. This is the team to do it. They got the heart. They got the character. Finally, Luke Shan, all this stuff, okay? We, we picked them. They show up in the second round. Actually, they don't show up in the second round absolutely appalling performance 
against Florida. And I don't care what anyone says. That team just has no heart. That team needs to blow it up at this point. They need to start moving out some of those core pieces that they have. I look at that team a lot like the Canucks teams right before the West Coast Express, right? Where they had some great pieces, but they could not do anything. They could not play as a team. They couldn't, they didn't have the heart. They, they, I hate to say it, but they didn't have the dog in them, right? And that goal that Sam Reinhart scored in overtime, to me, that was when the series was over. And it was over long before that, sure. But that was when I not only thought the series was over, that was when I started to get angry as somebody who has no horse in the race like obviously I picked him whatever doesn't really care about the Leafs I don't care about the Leafs let's make that clear because it doesn't sound clear right now I do not care about the Toronto Maple Leafs but it pissed me off like it pissed me off to watch that because I was thinking to myself that's how the Canucks defend maybe in the preseason like in the regular season if the Canucks did that it would be called unacceptable by the captain and all this sort of stuff. We, we would see all this and it would be talked about a lot. You hardly saw anything. You hardly saw anything. You didn't see a coach calling them out. You didn't see like, and I, I get it to some extent. You don't, Sheldon Keith probably doesn't want to call out his team or whatever in the playoffs. I get it. But man, that was so unacceptable. Just nobody picking up Sam Reinhardt. Everybody out for a toonie skate at Poirier. It was disgusting. Like it was, it was actually hard to watch, made me angry that this team even made the playoffs because they're so good in the regular season while I get all that. That that is not playoff hockey. Like, that that is not playoff hockey. It was embarrassing. That team is a bunch of frauds. I I have nothing else to say on the matter. Just embarrassing. Like, we, we actually believed in them for a second. And I feel, now I feel for Leafs fans to some extent, the Leafs fans that continuously say, this is the year, this is the year, look at how good the team is. Look, we put up 100 plus points in the regular season, this has to be the year. Just wait till they get past a first round. Hell, we even bought into that line of thinking. Imagine being an actual fan of this team, this franchise, this team that continually just shoves crap down your throat in the playoffs every single year and you keep buying into it. I'm done. I, I, I'm back. I'm back to how I was before. I, I will never believe in that team again until there's massive massive changes like I won't pick them for a series ever again Chris like first round series I told you I told you I wasn't even picking them in the first round they defied the odds beat Tampa made me lose a bet with JD Burke unfortunately but uh yeah and then I believed in them I believed in them for a split second and they blew it up in my face do you think that you will believe in them next year and I'm asking that because I guess do you think there's going to be big enough changes in Toronto they got uh their core four which is (laughs) I hate that. <laughs> um, the core four, I don't think all four are going to be back. I, I think there are going to be significant changes. I don't know if it's going to be massive re- reconstruction of the team, but like a, I think a player or two, and I'm curious to see, man, Austin Matthews, no trade, kicks in, what, July 1st? Similar situation to JT Miller? That could be very interesting with one year remaining because you can't – here's the thing with Matthews, right? Once that no trade kicks in or no movement, whatever he has there, once that kicks in, if you lose him for nothing and it's a new general manager coming into this spot, or if it's Kyle Dubas, no matter who it is really running the team, if you lose him for nothing, when you could imagine the haul you get, even for just a one-year thing of Austin Matthews, right? Like, I don't know. I, I think he might be the guy. I think he might be the guy who's getting let go of uh, of that core four group. I would, I would sooner go with Mitch Marner. And it's nothing really against Mitch Marner. I just... Actually, I guess it is something against Mitch Marner. I hate the way he talks in the media after these performances. Oh, we're not we're not listening to you guys when he's talking to the Toronto media who 
Like, I'm not going to start. I'm not going to start on all that. I've criticized the team enough. I'm not going to criticize our colleagues in Toronto. But come on. Being like, oh, we're not listening to what's being said in the Toronto media. It's like, actually, you might want to because they really want you to win there. Like, yeah, they really want you to win. They really want you to start back-checking. They want to see your team succeed. Like, that's what they want. They want to see your team succeed. So maybe start listening to them, even just a little bit, when someone says, hey, you know, maybe they could cover some, they could have some proper defensive zone coverage. That might help them a little bit. We're not listening. Come on. Come on, really? Are you serious? I don't know. Like, look, I, I think Nylander's probably the guy that I would keep, or if I was a savvy team, I would try to grab and be like, look, you've got to blow up your core four. We should take Nylander. We can take Nylander off your hands. I like William Nylander. I think he's going to be someone um, that, you know, finds more and more success kind of as he goes along here. Mitch Marner, I think you could get a lot for if you're the Leafs. And I don't want to talk too much about the Leafs here, but... Um, also, Alex had this Leafs core four graphic ready to go. Shout out producer Alex goes over to the uh, the Leafs morning take folder, I have to assume, and pulls that out uh, with the Leafs playoff stats. So, look, we're not going to talk too much more Leafs. I just well, want to I'll, get it out there as we wrapped up our second round predictions. I'll put a question I, out I, to I, you I was about appalled this. by this team. When you look at the Leafs core four, and we have the graphic up on the screen right now, who would you most want to root for on another team? out of these four players of Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, or John Tavares. Because I I think it's, you know, I think we all, I think everybody would, the majority I feel like would agree it's Nylander, right? I think that's the where I would think the majority would go because he isn't like, you know, when you talk about the big three in Toronto, that's not him. But it's also like he's been the guy who's produced well throughout the playoff runs that they've gone on. And <laughs> I guess runs is a little bit of a stretch because this is the first time they've gotten past the first <laughs> round. But, like, he would be interesting on a lot of other teams. And I would be not necessarily rooting for him, but absolutely rooting against him less than I would if he stayed on the Leafs, right? Like, that's, I think he's the player there. I also would like to see Austin Matthews somewhere else. Right, like, what would Austin Matthews look like uh, anywhere else? <laughs> like, pick a team. It would be cool to see him on a different team. Um, the guy can shoot the puck like no other man. I, I think it'd be interesting to watch. I just, I John Tavares, I think is the one who's going to stay for sure, and I think Mitch Marner is the other guy who's going to stay for sure. I, I, I think it's one of either Matthews, and that would be an absolute blockbuster deal. It would be you know NBA type of offseason move if we saw that happen, which would be awesome. Uh, but I do think uh, it's going to end up being Nylander. Just that's the way that things kind of play out. But I, I can also see a world. And then honestly, I, I would project project this as the most likely outcome. I bet they run it back. I bet they run it back, and I bet they screw up again in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, like I, they're not going to run it back. There's there's got to be changes coming. I, I disagree with you that they're going to run it back. I, I would say it every other year. I don't think. I don't think they're running it back this year. I think this was the final straw. Like but they won. You got won passed around and it was Bud Light delivered to the room, all that sort of stuff. They won one round, Chris, yeah. and then they didn't show up in the second round. They had the pathway. They didn't show up. What more can you do with this team? It's not a matter of now they know what it takes to win in the playoffs. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Because if they learned that lesson, they forgot it within three days. Those Bud Lights that were getting delivered to the room made them forget it clearly because holy cow. That was embarrassing. That second that second round showing was embarrassing and no one's talking about it. Like no one is talking just how badly that team played when it actually mattered. Like they controlled they controlled some, maybe even most of the games in that series. But when it really mattered, they just didn't show up. Like that OT goal alone 
where they allowed Sam Reinhardt to just dance all over the ice. No one took the body on him. You put one Kyle Burrows on that team, and someone's taking the body. Like, that that was embarrassing. That was embarrassing defensive zone coverage, Chris. That's not playoff hockey. That's not playoff hockey, and you you, you got to make changes. It just... It, and hey, like, I know people say, like, oh, well, none of the core four were on the ice for that goal. It starts with those guys, right? Like, th- those are your culture carriers. Those are your guys that set the standard. There's no standard. There's no standard in Toronto right now. The standard is let's get out of the first round, and they did it, and then it was over. Like, embarrassing. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not done. I'm not going on more. All right. Uh, yeah, we don't have to spend any more time on Toronto. Chat's, chat's not happy about it. Uh, let's uh, let's quickly wrap this up then. Oh, 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 oh. why not? I've okay. never seen Marner and Quads. They're have you ever seen them in the same room? Not in the same room, actually. Now that I think about it, yeah. Quads, give me a weird, give me a snarky little look on your face. Get real close to the camera and say we're not listening to the noise outside of the room. Yeah, holy cow! We're not listening to the noise outside the room. We're not back checking. Say how much you love Toronto. I'm not. I'm not doing that. Let's go. Move on. All let's right. Go. Here. Let's. Um. Here's what I think we should do. Let's do a. Let's. Let's do our pick to win the Stanley Cup before we get into the draft talk. Um. I think Alex should go first. We cannot pick the same team. It'll go Alex Quads and then myself. So after we do our three picks, we know who the Stanley Cup champion is going to be because we have horrible predictions. Alex of the four remaining teams in the Stanley Cup playoffs: the Dallas Stars, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Carolina Hurricanes, and the Florida Panthers. Alex, who's going to win the Stanley Cup? Before I say anything, the reason I picked the Oilers and the Leafs was a, it was a business decision eh, on behalf of the company. I, I would say the Tampa Bay Lightning were no test in the first round. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I'm going to take uh, the Panthers. They're going to continue their Cinderella run. There's always one. And I'll take... Uh, no, that's it. You just get one. Just one. How many Stanley Cups do you think they hand out, Alex? <laughs> I didn't know we were taking that. Sorry, I wasn't <laughs> listening, I guess. I thought we were picking a winner on each conference. No, Alex is... Alex is well, let's do that. Let's card. do that. No, let's just do... No, I just want one because I want it, there to be one remaining team because that's going to be the one that wins because we okay. suck at projecting Okay. Teams. So, Alex, do you want to stick okay. with the Panthers Sorry, as Alex. your cup winner? <laughs> uh... Yeah, I'll go Panthers all the way. <laughs> okay. Quads are okay, up. So I I too is going to go Panthers, but in the spirit of the game where I'm not allowed to pick another one, I least think it's going to be the Dallas Stars. So I think I should say the Dallas Stars. I most hope that it's the Carolina Hurricanes, and I, I, I'd like to see them. I'd like to see them do it. I picked New Jersey to beat them, but I, I'm impressed. I'm impressed with the Carolina Hurricanes. i really like to see Rod Brindamore win a cup. You talk about... You know, sense of pride for Canada. Rod Brindamore, there you go. Good Canadian kid uh, behind the bench there in Carolina. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see Rod Brindamore win a cup as a coach. So I will go with the Carolina Hurricanes. All right, so both of you have picked the teams out of the East. I will go with the Dallas Stars. So that means that your 2023 Stanley Cup champions will be the Vegas Golden Knights because we will get all of this wrong. Okay, uh, let's get to... Let's get to the draft talk because odds and ends was just going to be uh, Archer Seelaws, by the way. So you, you jumped the gun on that one. Uh, Craig Button put out his list, and I found some interesting names that I decided to put some yellow lines under to talk about. 
Um, as well as, by the way, we do have uh, some prospect interviews coming up uh, next week on the show. So excited for that. <laughs> this blew me away. Um, so Craig Button of TSN. Uh, Axel Sandine Pelica comes in at number five on Craig's list. Um, I am shocked by that. I've watched a lot of Axel Sandine Pelica. Um, there's also a reason why I haven't wrote a big feature article about him yet because I don't think he's a good option for the Canucks at 11. Um, Craig really likes this player. I uh, heard him talking today on Donnie and Dolly about it, about this. <laughs> I just don't see it. I, I see a player who thrives in the J20 league, and I think he's that good in that league that he can do well, but there's a reason why he's not having success in the SHL, and that's because players that are bigger and stronger are able to control him. It reminds me of myself at 12 years old when I was six foot two. I was a hell of an athlete when I was 12, but when everybody else started getting taller and bigger and stronger, and I didn't, I wasn't as good as an athlete anymore. So I, I think, you know, Axel Sandy Pelk is going to be in the NHL at some point. I don't think he would be, I don't think he's the top three defenseman in this draft. Like, I, I don't think I'd be going with him in the top three at all. I just, I found that shocking. Uh, and then at number 11 going to, you know, this isn't a mock draft, but it, it's the spot where the Canucks are. So we'll talk about it, especially the fact that it's a local kid, Nanaimo kid, Matthew Wood coming in there at number 11. How would you feel quads if the Canucks walk away from this draft with Matthew Wood at 11? We talked about it on the last episode. He doesn't seem like he's going to play center at the NHL level. I know we talked about on the last show that you and I weren't impressed when we watched him when he was 16 years old, but obviously he's developed there. Uh, looks a lot better in the NCAA than he did in the BCHL as a 16 year old. So I, I, I don't know if I would be upset about it per se, but the fact that we're not sure if he's going to play center, I think that should give you a little bit of pause. The one thing I want to ask you about Craigslist is <laughs> Craigslist yeah, uh, yeah. at 14, Zach Benson. That has to be the biggest surprise aside from Sandy and Pelica. Is it not? No, I've got uh, Reinbacker at 24 being the biggest surprise in this draft. There's, I don't think Reinbacker is getting out of the top 10. So to think that he's at 24 uh, on Craigslist is the biggest drop. I also assert like, Oliver Moore at 16 is pretty damn low for him, too. Um, but, hey, Craig also really likes Tom Willander, who I, I also really like. I, I think Willander's in the conversation with Reinbacker uh, for the number one guy. I think he's I think Willander's a better defenseman than Sandine Pelica. Um, here, let me just – this is what I think about Sandine Pelica. He plays like he's better than everyone, but he's not. Like, he plays in his mind like the puck hog in, in gym class uh, who – Listen, you, you might get away with that if you're the kid who's playing in the dub and you're in gym class in high school, but you're not going to be able to get away with that when in the SHL. And he was able to get away with it, and he'll do it. He'll he'll look good at U18s like he did. There's a reason why he shot up a lot of people's rankings after the U18s. He looked really good against the bad teams in the U18s, but it's going to take a lot of work for him and a lot of changing the way he plays for him to have success in the NHL. He's, I don't think he's at that type of skill level to have a Kale McCarr type impact, but he's going to go out there and try and play like Kale McCarr. And that's what he does at the SHL level. He didn't change his game at all, and, and it hurt him, I think, in the SHL play. So I'm a, a lot lower on him than I am with you know any of the other first-round projected defensemen. So I was blown away a little bit. Uh, that Reinbacker was all the way down at 24. And Oliver Moore down at 16, like I guess he can get around there. Uh, but I think Zach Benson, there are quite a few knocks on this kid, right? Like he's he, he's probably going to be, you know, he is a winger. Uh, he's smaller. He's dynamic for sure. Like I think a team picking around 15 is going to be happy getting Zach Benson around there, but I don't think he's a top 10 lock. 
Yeah, that's fair. Uh, well, David Reinbacher at 24, you just said it. Like That is very, very surprising. There's a joke in there about if things go the way of Craigslist, maybe the Canucks can get a deal. Get it? Because Craigslist? Yeah, no, I get it. Does anybody use Craigslist anymore? <laughs> like, people look at Craig Button's list, but like Craigslist, because everyone's on Facebook Marketplace now, right? That's right, yeah. That's yeah, the way yeah, to go, yeah. it feels like, because at least you can see the person. I had that the other day. I was trying to buy a couch, and because uh, our couch, you've seen my couch quads. It sucks. It sucks so bad. Uh, I need a better couch, and I was looking, and this guy created, it was one of those, you know when you get a troll on Twitter, and it's like, created uh, May of 2023. This person's Facebook profile was created in May of 2023, so I'm like, I'm not buying, I'm not going to this person for the couch. I'm, I'm, going, I'm still looking. It's tough. So if you got a nice couch, uh Hit me up in the DMs. I need a couch. I just redid the bottom of my couch with a staple gun. Went mm. to Fabricana, bought some fabric. I had to redo the bottom of it because Bert found a little hole. Uh, you were there the day that hole was created in the couch. I don't know if you remember that. Oh. Um, my dear friend, his na- who will remain nameless, as you and two other of my friends were helping me move mm. in my first apartment when I was 21, bought this brand new couch. My friend, who will remain nameless, couldn't find the legs for the couch. They set it up. It was on the ground with no legs. I said, that couch has legs. They flip it over, stabbed the fabric to pull the legs out. Did not see the zipper uh, that was there to get them out. So there was a hole in the couch that Bert, the puppy, quickly found and took advantage of, crawling underneath the couch. And he found his way into the couch, kept doing it. So one day I said enough was enough. And I just I just redid the couch. It's very nice now. Hey, the the bottom doesn't drag along the ground. It looks very nice. Good. I've just mine's got a problem with the cushions. The cushions uh you know where the cushion where the cushions meet, you want there to be a little bit of sturdiness where they meet. Mine they just seep. So each part of the cushion like you know, come on. It's 2023. Can we not get some good couches? I, this was a brand new couch that I bought. And, and not even a year into having it. Sucks so bad. I just... And then, you know what? It, it's because I made the huge mistake that I told you not to make quads. We didn't go sit on it. You, you gotta... If you're buying a couch, mm-hmm. you gotta go sit on it. You can't be buying couches online. I don't care how good the rating is on them. You can't... You gotta go sit on them. You gotta go buy them at these places or at least find somewhere you can try it out. Because they tell you, you go and you sit on, you buy one of these couches. We got them online, Wayfair or something. Worst couch in the world. I can't wait to get rid of it. I, I, oh, I can't I, wait to mm-hmm. like. I, I, I'm willing to burn it. Like I think uh, it would feel good to go out to my my parents' place or something, set it up in the yard and burn it. Like just burn it. Watch it burn. Because I hate this couch so much. Give me back pain, neck pain. Anyways, you know what? I next uh next I show. I forgot. Um. We're, we're working well, on this I was just right going to say, go let me let me get this in. Let me get this in. I forgot that you helped me couch sit when uh, I was looking for a couch. Because, yeah, you, you were you were my watchful eye as I was getting ready to move out. You were saying, like, hey, let me take you couch sitting. And we went and looked around at couches. And that was, uh, I remember that, actually. Because I was, I was going to buy one off Ikea. And you said, don't do it. Hey, although you could have sat in it. But you said, you, you're like, get a nice couch. And I, I bucked up for that couch. Yeah, that couch. It. It bucked up when I went. When you and Wait, I went how, couch shopping, how many couches did you guys go and look at? Well, that's the thing. Here's what the Probably problem was like, when we went in there. Quads sat down on the first couch. He's like, "Oh, I love it. I'm buying it." And I'm said, "No, like you can't." And then the next couch, he sits on. He's like, "I love it. I'm buying it." And then the next couch, he sat on at least five couches. You sat on all of them and tried to buy all of them. And the store at the time, like, "No, we're going to this next place." I, I wish someone would have done that to me with this couch, but uh, yeah, you had it was at least five <laughs> to ten couches. Oh yeah, we sure. need to and do we, this. Again. I went to. <laughs> yeah, this Haunted. needs to happen. 
and there's like you're gonna get a couch out of this favor, but there's gotta be like a couple five, six, seven couch stores in Vancouver. Here's what I'm doing. And it's become it's gonna be a live contest on YouTube. Right. Poll question for uh for our good friends there at Atlas. Uh no, I all I need is a couch. I want here's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for length from the back to like where your legs hang off. I want that to be long. I need that because then you can you can kind of like cuddle up and, and crouch into it in the corner, you know. On my couch, it's so short. It's like 30 inches from the back to the edge of the seat. I got a big ass. I can't be freaking sitting on there sideways or diagonal or anything. That's what I'm looking for. So I need I need the length there. I like the chaise, so I'm looking for a chaise. It's, that's what I'm looking for. That's all. It, that's what I need. And I'll, I'll find Chaise, that's it. Yeah, just a nice chaise. This uh, this odds and ends edition brought to you by Atlas Goods. We'll have a poll question on Thursday, uh, but don't forget to check out Atlas Goods. You mentioned them there. Promo code CC15 is the one to get yourself pop rinds for fifteen percent off at atlasgds.com. Okay, Chris, go ahead. Yeah, uh, prospect interviews coming back on the show. Uh, got an exciting one uh, coming up. Might be Thursday. It might not be. You might have to wait till next week. But we have some really good ones lined up. A um, lot of players at the Canucks could be picking at 11. We have a couple more than we've already talked to David Ryan back. If you haven't checked that out, go back and listen on the podcast or check out the full interview is on YouTube. Uh, but we have another great option coming up soon. And also one guy coming on the show who the Canucks will not be able to draft, but uh, that'll be a good, good interview on the show down the road here. Very excited for that one. Uh, so that's all I got. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. So appreciate everyone. I saw the numbers jump up pretty good here later on in the show. I don't think it was because of the couch talk. I'm surprised the numbers haven't dropped off a ton because of that. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. We're going to spend a lot of time on the draft. Um, but, hey, the Canucks keep giving us a little tid, teeny, teeny tidbits of news to uh, you know get us through 45 minutes, and it feels like we've gone long throughout the offseason here so much. So that's good, but uh, I'd like to get an episode here where we just really – Really dive into the best options for the Canucks at 11 because I've seen, I've been watching a lot of video lately and I'm ready to go, whichever player you want. Um, so we'll spend some time maybe on Thursday with that and we might even have an interview. We'll see what happens. So that's all I got. Burt Cam on the uh, on the right there. He's starting to wiggle a little bit. He was barking last night too. A-Quads, you and I were playing Rocket League last night and he's barking up a little bit. He was, uh, he was you know, not having it. Yeah. Yeah, he was not happy that I went into here to play video games instead of playing with him. So, oh, yeah, he, he he let it be known a little bit there. But, uh, yeah, it's almost time for him to eat, so that's why he's waking up. So, with that, we'll close it out there. Uh, for my co-host, Chris Faber, our technical producer, Alex Larden, of course, intern Emil behind the scenes. My name is Dave Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Canucks Conversation. Boom. Get out and enjoy the sun. Or don't. Whatever you want. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.